This is Up Your RPG, helping you up your role-playing game. In this episode, we'll tackle a topic many players and GMs really struggle with. We want to get as invested in our characters as we can, but how do we do that knowing there's always a significant risk of the personality we're portraying dying, and often violently? Let's get to it. Hey, thanks for joining us on Up Your RPG. My name's Arthur. As always, I am joined by Emily and Michael, and this week we have Scott. Uh, As always, all of us are from the Under the Library crew. Emily, I will pass the show off to you. Okay, so we are talking about character death this week, and that can be a sensitive subject, hard to discuss, hard to experience, whether you're a PC who is watching another player die, whether you are dying, whether you are the GM or the PC who is the killer. And so I just want to open by asking one of you to relate a story of a time when your character died, whether it was hard, whether it was uh, a long awaited event, whether it was whatever it was, just how it felt for you. So we start with Scott, would you lead us off? I was going to say start with Art. I could see it. I could see the the wheels. Oh, was it in his in eyes? Head. Are the wheels turning? Art, why don't you start us off? I could seal the wheel. So, um, so I mean, yeah, I'm happy to talk about this. I've I've had lots and lots of characters die, it's like, um, and it's better that you talk because you've had more characters die than I have by a factor of a million. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, <laughs> side note: uh, when we played uh, the D and D Curse of Strahd module years ago. I actually won the award for most character deaths. And in my office at work, I still have a little stuffed vampire, uh, Strati, little Strati, uh, as my award for killing off most characters. It's a funny story. Uh, Strahd is actually the only long-term campaign that I've died in the middle of and had to bring in another character. I mean, there have been like Call of Cthulhu wow. mass, uh, spoiler for doesn't matter. There yeah. have been other situations where I've died, but um, Strahd, it'll get you. Yeah. And I think we should probably Is put that, that out right away that if uh, there are folks who are listening to Under the Library and aren't caught up, um, this might be an episode you might want to wait on because there's probably going to be some spoilers for that show. Because the- Yeah. Uh, specifically, end of season one and uh, end of season two. Middle of season, end of uh, season two. Yeah. And middle of season two. And middle of anyway. season. Basically, every time we let Michael talk uninterrupted for more than eight minutes. Yeah. Okay, but let's have a let's have a story. Art. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Right before he starts that story, can I just check in? Is that certificate really saying a, just a nice way of saying you're bad at D and D? Um. Yeah. It, it it was definitely a bit of a of a joke. Um. Award. It it wasn't something that I was trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah, and that, that I think brings up an interesting point in, in this discussion is, uh, you know, we, we do want to, there's this sort of fine line between really get investing, really getting invested in a character and knowing that at some point that that character is likely going to kick it. Um, and I do really enjoy making characters, which I think might lead me to make some slightly different decisions, especially in games like D&D, um, where, there, where it is more combat heavy and where you are trying to advance. Uh, I always 
have a character backup in case the one that I'm playing dies. And I do question it myself as to whether that leads me to not get as, as invested in characters as I would like to be. Uh, whereas in Under the Library, in our Call of Cthulhu campaigns, I don't have a backup character. Uh, and I don't know psychologically why that is, if it's that I'm more invested in the character um, or if I don't want, like if I'm worried that if I make that backup character that I'll somehow pull away from my current one. Uh, I I don't know what that's about, but it it is just strange because I would have expected it to be reversed that in the game Uh where your character is gradually built up, you would be more confident about your longevity and in the game where you know that everybody is just going to be torn down until they <laughs> fall apart mentally or physically, yeah. that's where you would really want to have a backup. So, so yeah, I find it yeah. interesting that it's reversed for you. Yeah, and, and I think that the reason is that our style of D&D play is more combat heavy and our style of Call of Cthulhu play is more character development heavy. Uh, so I, I do think that uh, I, I am more invested in my characters in that campaign. Uh, and I didn't actually answer your question about a specific story, um, but I've already taken some time. So Scott, do you want to tell a specific story about a character? Oh, sure. I mean, there's, you know, there's lots. So like, I think to now spoiler for, for Call of Cthulhu, but in season one, like with Yawker's death, at the end where, you know, we'd been building up the story and, and we were in my mind, we were sort of still in sort of the middle of things. And then when I turned into a, whatever, a nasty old creature with some kind of beat coming out of my ass. And then I ate someone else with my ass beak because really that <laughs> happened. Um, Michael, you sick bastard. Uh, like, and then I died, you know, it was a little strange for me because in my mind, character death isn't necessarily the death of the story in D&D. And that's been my framework. So when we have a character that's died our 92 times or whatever your, your record is like, <laughs> yeah. it's not 92, but it was a bunch of times we could introduce a new character in sort of that deus ex machina kind of D way where you walk along and there's a guy hanging from manacles and you get him down and he says, I'll join you in your adventure. And that's it. And in Call of Cthulhu, you know, every time we've tried to introduce a new character, they start fighting with the other characters and there's friction. And because we've got this narrative world built up, this, this self-contained, really interesting story. And so a character death is far more impactful. So I understand why at the end of season one, things finished in the middle and you guys have heard me sort of be like, Oh my God, that's so crazy for me. Cause I literally don't know what happened. There are people that have read our book that know what happened and I don't. So Michael, I'm staring at you when I say that. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's a very different modality, which means in call of Cthulhu death is far more impactful. Like in D and D to art's point, I've always got a character ready. Like, Beagle, who's my only character that's ever made it from start to finish across two books, a big campaign. Um, he's a monk and a, a, a just such a fun character to play. So 
you know, I always had a backup that I leveled up when I leveled up Beagle and I was desperately worried that he was going to die because I loved him. And I felt like his story was a core part of the story we were telling to get all the way through. Right. And so if he had died, that would have been really hard because I had other characters, but I didn't want to play him. I didn't care about him. So a common theme here, if I can just pull something out, seems to be that the more attached, which makes sense, the more attached to your character you are, the harder it is to experience that character death. And the more character heavy game you're playing, the more attached you're going to be, et cetera. And And, and, and the one point I'd add to that, sorry to interrupt, but the one point mm -hmm. I'd add to that is, and when a character dies, if it's like a stupid death, if it's non-impactful, if it just, there's just a thousand monsters and of course you're not going to survive because who the hell can survive that? Like a situation like that, like that sort of pisses me off. Not not because I don't think characters should die, but because you guys have heard me say this a bunch of times, we're telling a collaborative story and mm-hmm. you could easily tell a story where all the characters die every time, right? But who would want to read it? So, so because it we're pisses focused you on off this, if the world is unbalanced. Yeah, because it wouldn't be a story I'd read. Mm-hmm. It's not a story I want to be in, right? Yeah. I want to be in. A, I want to be in a story where the characters always have a chance, mm-hmm. and if they die, taking that chance, and it's it's possible that they could have survived. That's really fascinating. That's honest tension. When it's yeah. like there's a thousand vampires, it's like all right, you know, fuck it. There's what are you gonna do? You're gonna die. It, there's no story there. So um, Scott, I initially asked you for a story and how you felt about it. And I just going back a minute to your Yawker story, I'm understanding that you just in that moment felt frustrated because you weren't expecting the death and you felt like you still had a story ahead of you. No, no, that's actually not true. I was, I mean, I wasn't a, I I didn't love Yawker to die because he was a fun character and I liked that he was evolving, but I thought it fit the story. Okay. Right. Like it was a different type of story. And that's, you know, part of my, evolution into learning Call of Cthulhu is understanding it tells a different story than D&D. When I, the story in D&D to me is a story that I want to see finished. I want to see the big, bad, evil guy or woman killed, right? Mm-hmm. Or dealt with or, or whatever's going to happen at the end. Whereas in Call of Cthulhu, the story is an, a weekly occurrence of how we shape the world. I think it's, it's you know, Michael, you've hit this point a bunch of times. It's the difference between playing a module and playing an open world kind of sandbox. We're building a collaborative story. And so that outcome for Yawker was organic. It made sense, right? It fit the world in the story. So in a horror story, it was probably perfect. And so I didn't mind sacrificing Yawker to that because okay. it made sense. There was an intrinsic logic in the story. You did make a comment, though, about feeling like the story ended at that point with so many questions. So are you reacting to just the fact that not only did Yocker die, but then we essentially all died? I mean, the death of the characters meant the death of the story. Yep. Yeah. And that's not always the case, but it can be in a game like Cthulhu, where you're playing in a world where you have so little power compared to the forces against you. And I actually just want to take this moment to go over to Michael because you, as the keeper, were orchestrating that moment. And I just would like to get a little insight. Now, I'm not, there's no blame here. I'm not trying this to is put the you segment the of the show we like to call Michael's mistakes. I just, I just want to ask 
what your experience is as a keeper when you are forced by the roles or by the actions of the characters to kill someone off. And then on top of that, this situation that we're discussing is an extreme example of that, where you were somehow forced, I assume that wasn't just what you were hoping for the whole the whole session. You were forced to kill us all. I, well, I would, uh, I, I think about all of this in terms of as tabletop role players, as storytellers, right? The more we do this process, the better we get at it. And if, if I have a regret, y'all know it's the end of season one. And part of that is because I, I think that uh, what you said right there, I accepted was that it was out of my control, but it wasn't. And being able to look back on that moment and my regret at how it all played out, certainly while it was in line with the story, and the dice hated y'all that night with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what y'all did to them. More so than you usual. Needed, yeah, y'all needed to sacrifice. Like three ninety-five to ninety-nines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very in very rough. close succession. Yeah. yeah, like very close proximity. So I, that's that's. I'm sorry, but that's the Call of Cthulhu God speaking up. Yeah. And and I felt like that to some degree, and I got a little bit carried away. My my desire, my hope, my intent in all of that. And, and, you know, we are improving it and we are kind of developing this story to not kind of, we are developing this story as we go along. But my, my hope to come out of that was uh, at that point was for Emily's character to survive. Right. And to, uh, and for this to be the way that the tale lived on, I have another way for that tale to live on. And in my mind, it's not dead. And, you know, hopefully at some point we get back to that thread, but uh, that's for, that's for a different time and place. But um, in terms of later in season two, right, when Rick's character throat punches somebody in the crowd, it was in character, and we've talked about this here, but what happened at the end of season one gave me enough pause and gave me enough moment to realize, you know what, this doesn't have to lead to death, right? And and that that in and of itself creates some tension. And so I see the end of season one, though I regret how it ultimately played out, was I think a really important factor in A, creating tension for us. We we understand how lethal the 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 game we're playing in is, but it also gave me some perspective as GM on how um how more how I could be a better storyteller and more effective. Is that and, is that an okay mea culpa right there? Absolutely. <laughs> I just want to ask you about or point out something particular that you do as keeper when handling character deaths that I think is very valuable. And you were even able to do it in that melee of the end of season one. You give a character a moment to uh, last words, essentially. You give a character that's dying a moment to get out there into the game anything that they really feel like they haven't gotten to yet in their personal story. You just give them a moment of choice and of freedom. And I think that is very valuable in respect to the players, respecting the players. Well, and I know that y'all have invested a lot, right? Like I, I I don't feel like my role as GM is to figure out a way to kill you, right? That's not what we're here for. Even though as a player, I love a good like Viking death when I'm a player, right? Like I, (laughs) 
I'm playing all out to like find my more, most glorious death moment. Uh, but I do know that as players, that is not how y'all play. And, and I'm grateful for that too. And so, you know, I think that there's plenty there. And at any point that a character dies, whether they've been in with us half a season or whether they've been with us two seasons, right? There's untold story. And that it's only, it, it's, it's part of that wonderful moment where some things get a little bit of closure and, and we have a little bit more moment of insight. So. Mm-hmm. And depending on how quickly the plot is moving, there have even been opportunities to pause and to finish that death later, which isn't always the right answer, but it does give the dying character a chance to really prioritize and think, what is the most important to me? What do I want to get out there? Yeah, um, Bubba, Bubba died in a mess, right? Like that's the one I'd probably throw back to art right there. Bubba died in the middle yeah. of a crazy melee, but um, still had this really emotional moment that uh, really caught us all in the midst yeah. of what was really uh, pretty gory, actually. Mm-hmm. And that was a shorter campaign. And I still remember quite vividly Bubba's last moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a that's a good illustration of how, from the player's perspective, you can invest yourself in a character and a story and be okay with it ending, uh, because every story arc has a beginning, a middle, and an end to some extent. Uh, so, whether that ending is you've finish the campaign and like scott said you've you've beaten the big bad and and it's over and you're you're on to the next thing that's an end to that character story so there are always going to be some parts of it that you don't get to reveal and you don't get to experience and things that you expected that didn't happen so whether or not that ending comes from the campaign wrapping up which is obviously more satisfying or from the character dying um as the player, you have to be prepared that that's part of the game. Um, and I guess I'll go back and, and answer your original question because I realized something <laughs> that I tend to forget about. The very first character death that we as a group dealt with was, not surprisingly, one of my characters. Uh, it was my <laughs> first ever D&D character. And it was, and not my first ever, my first in my adult life, not when I played like in high school. Um, but this character died. We had all been playing for, I don't know, maybe a year or so. And when my character died, myself and the GM were like, okay, you know, the character's dead. But everyone else in the party could not accept it. And they were doing everything they could think of to save this character. Like it was, it it, it was a traumatic moment for them because they they you could see it. They were in denial about this character's death because it hadn't happened before, and it was so jarring. Uh, and I I well, think that and also really quickly in yep. the beginning, I, it was hard for me to separate out the character dying from you dying. Like well, it was. Oh. I just, I'll admit it. Like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're my me. Like you're. So when, when a character of yours that I care about and that I was equating with you died, I was like, oh fuck no, <laughs> we're, we're gonna bring him back. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't leave art behind. I'm not gonna leave a character behind. Uh, all so the way it took down a while to, to acclimate. Yeah, absolutely. And and all the way down to Mark's character. Like so, the way my character died, a, a spider 
came down on her from above and bit her in the back of the neck. And they were like, yeah, yeah. And that became a, a meme with us as you always got to look up. Um, but they were carrying her around and Mark wound up taking a knife. Mark's character took a knife and tried to uh, like cut open her neck to get the poison out. Oh and like, oh it was really horrible. Like they were kind of panicking um, as yeah, so- someone might in a real world situation. Uh, so I, I do think it's important to to understand when you're going into a game like like D and D or Call of Cthulhu or anything else that characters are going to die. You you, you got to be prepared yeah. for that. And I opened this session by saying it can be a sensitive subject or experience. Yeah. But remember that it's not only for the person who's dying because if you have a really committed party of improvisers and k- people who play real characters that death is going to affect everyone emotionally. Yeah, sure. Yep. And so just deciding even best in advance where the boundaries are for that sort of thing, mm-hmm. what kind of death is okay and what isn't in whatever detail is appropriate for your campaign, for your game. Yeah, I mean, is without important. getting into details, we, you know, one of our character sort of deaths and things around it led to us having a really in-depth discussion and me telling the group I've got boundaries like there we don't have to go into it but there were things that were not okay for me and I articulated those and said I don't want to have these things in game and if you guys are going to do them tell me and I'll get off right so So we didn't get that we didn't air that in advance but eventually we got there unfortunately we had to do it through a little bit of trauma we got we got through the bad way but we got so I'm just going to really quickly wrap up. I think some of our major themes today were one, um, when be sensitive for the whole group's experience. And just as a little advice, perhaps to the person who is dying, if you think about it, like you're making a great scene. If you think about it as cinema, Michael always likes to say it was so cinematic. Then you can really feel value from what you're creating and not just the lost value of your character. Uh, It's great from the GM to give the character that's dying a moment to say goodbye, essentially. And as a group, anything you can set up in advance so that everybody knows what's okay and what's not for the individual players will just make things easier and more pleasant. That is going to put a wrap on this week's session of Up Your RPG. Thanks for joining us. You can always join us at upyourrpg.com. Hopefully we've contributed to your game. Now go find a table. 